Hello, it's Dawn, and this is my podcast, Conversations. It's a variety show about real life stuff, and there's something on here for everybody. So if that sounds good to you, let's go. Today we have Dr. Tom Myers, who is on the show to talk about synchronicity. Welcome. How are you? Great, Don. Thank you. Pleasure to be here with you. Yes, I have been so excited about this because this topic just it messes with my mind so much. So what even got you to want to explore it in depth? What, what brought you there? Were you having those kinds of experiences or what happened? Yeah, I think it was throughout my life. I mean, I've been surrounded by synchronicity and it was just this compelling feeling that I wanted to know more about it. And it was just the most bizarre, wild stories that would happen and things that would happen to me that I would ask myself, how the heck can this happen? How, you know, in, in, in a you know, billion years, how could this ever happen again? Yeah. So I got really, really intrigued. You know, I think with a lot of people with synchronicity, you start to question yourself and and like, am I, is it this only happening to me? And I'm, you know, unique on this earth and having these weird, weird uh, incidences and and experiences. Um, So that's what kind of charted my, the course of wanting to know more, Um, you know, half of it just from a kind of a personal standpoint the other half from an academic standpoint so that's yeah. kind of how how it all how it all started what is one of the strangest stories uh, that happened to you that was just like unexplainable you know i think as a kid it was just constantly around me and i never knew how to put words to it or knew, never knew how to define it i think the one one time that it was like this is just beyond freakish stuff when I was in college, it was a Sunday morning, and I, it was, you know, again, most people <laughs> in college, Saturday, you know, a Sunday morning after a, after a late night, so right. sleeping in, and I'm always kind of a, a bit of an early morning person, so I get up, and I walk into the TV room, and there's only one other person sitting there. I glance up, and this is the time in the 80s when a lot of um, TV consumption was around MTV and you'd sit there and watch the, you know, the music videos, right? Yes. And they oftentimes had little funny skits and little funny things that they would have, you know, in, in between the showing of the videos. Um, and so I look up and all I saw on the, on the screen was a palm tree and how my mind works. It just kind of prompted, Oh, I got a funny joke. Right. So I started to tell this guy who I'm sitting with watching TV this joke. Right. (laughs) And as I'm telling the joke, the one joke that I am telling him, as I'm telling the joke, I look up at the screen and like the joke is playing out. My very joke is on the TV playing out. And I'm like, oh, my God, wait, wait, wait. And I said, I'm not going to finish. Just watch this. This is the joke I was going to tell you. (laughs) All I saw was, and and I had no, there was no, you know, predilection of this joke coming on. It was just a palm tree, which reminded me of these guys who were on a deserted island. That's how it started. Oh my God. And so, and I said, oh my, you know, to myself, and we'll get into some of the definitions of synchronicity. One is it's a meaningful coincidence. It has personal meaning to you, may not 
be to Don, but to Tom, it is personal. So was it life-changing at that point? Not really. It was an interesting coincidence, but it did begin to chart my course for wanting to know, wait, I got I to gotta know more of this. And I think that was kind of the start of beginning to become more, maybe even more sensitive to this kind of stuff. I think it just helped me to, you know, just to, to be, uh, create this heightened awareness. Oh gosh, that's so interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I was going to ask the difference between it's kind of like when people talk about having a deja vu, we all know what that feeling feels like, but there's no real way to describe it in perfect words in order for somebody to grasp it unless it's happened to them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how do you it's, how do you explain that to someone else? And I, meant, I just I have this, had this feeling like been here before. I've had a feeling I've met someone before, and um, and that jumps into the question of time as a you know a human construct, obviously about time. But what is time? And um, again, that gets into a lot of the you know some of those other areas of the the physical science behind the synchronicity. Well, were you always fascinated with Carl Jung and his t teachings and everything he believed in? Were you always interested in him? It's interesting. Um, the way that I was interested in Jung was more in his typology work with personalities mm. um, and understanding the different types of personalities, which was you know kind of the predecessor to Myers-Briggs personality types. So that really, that's where, again, from my, my academic background, which is predominantly as a business school chair and a professor in business, that began to slowly move into more of what does it take for heightened human performance. And I moved more into the psychology side. So that's how I was more introduced in, to, to Jung through typology and and uh, personality traits yeah oh his his stuff is just mind-blowing I, I i love to read it but it also hurts my brain <laughs> it, does. it does and it's really interesting because we'll get into the discussion about synchronicity but one thing that is vitally important for me is that it is accessible i mean we're human beings and when we're explaining as you said you're reading some stuff that makes your your brain hurt Sometimes when we talk about synchronicity, it can be like, I don't know, this is something I just don't, I can't grasp. Mm -hmm. the, the cool thing is it's, it's all around us. And my mission is to make it palatable, understandable, accessible for, for everyone on this planet, because it's all around us. Okay, so... Um, you'll have to break it down. Like for people that don't understand it, or maybe don't think, maybe they think it's woo woo or something like, what is the difference between synchronicity and a coincidence? Are they are two separate things? Yeah, they're related. So I guess the first thing to start with synchronicity is how the word comes about. Mm -hmm. And so Jung developed um, the term synchronicity as two root words, Greek words of synchro or sync of coming together, meshing or coming together, and the Greek word uh, root chronos, which is time. So effectively um, translates into things coming together in time. So if you are at the right place at the right time or at that 
what Jung talked about is when the inner your inner psyche connects and matches with the external material world meaning you're thinking about something okay only you know what's going on inside your head you're right. thinking about something and lo and behold at that very moment it manifests in real time in in the physical world so you know one we talk about all the time is like you just happen to be thinking about someone and as you're thinking about that person, you look down on your phone and lo and behold, they're texting you or they're calling you. Right. And it's and it might be someone you haven't talked to, you know, talked with for a long time, years, perhaps. That's always so crazy. Yeah. So you so you kind of the inner the the interconnection with what you think about, what you dream about, what you may have had some, um, you know, uh, um, predilection for thinking of and then it happens. The other important thing that Jung first defined about synchronicity is that it's a causal, meaning it's not something that you initiated or precipitated. It's something that comes almost out of the blue. It was nothing that you, you personally created, um, but that comes to you. So an example of, again, someone calling you on the phone, you didn't call them first. Hey, Don, you know, let me give you a call. And right. then all of a sudden you call me back. Oh my God, I can't believe you just called. Well, dude, you just, you <laughs> left a message for me. You texted me. So I, I, it's cause and effect. You initiated that. And then there was a response. There is, it, it comes from out of the blue. Right. And, and another piece in talking about the coincidence piece and synchronicity is I like to think of a synchronicity um, synchronicity event as something that is personally meaningful to you, mm -hmm. something that can almost cause a numinous or a, um, a, a spiritual or mythical or you call it that goosebumps feeling. Right. Like, oh, this is something so far beyond what I can comprehend. This is so weird that I am having a tough time. It's just making me feel like this is something bizarre. So it's that personal feeling that only, you know, you internally can, can um, recognize. And it, and a synchronicity could or doesn't have to be, have something that might change, not so much, you know, so dramatic as your life, but it could help to change the course and a course of action of hmm. your life. Okay, so I get that it's personalized, and that's why it's so meaningful to people when it happens to them. But who or what is orchestrating it? How, how is it coming about? Um, awesome question. So <laughs> let's let's go back to. So I want to go back to Jung for a second because I want to I want to get there on the okay, on, like okay. what's what's behind it. Jung first kind of start, started thinking about synchronicity in his practice back in the 19, like 1928. And he's like, these are, you know, some bizarre happenings. He's experienced them. He started to kind of think about the internal, external, you know, the inner and outer, the inner psyche, external material world. But he was, again, brilliant, obviously, so self-conscious of not talking about this. Because as you said, Don, the woo-woo piece, he didn't want his colleagues and, and other esteemed, you know, social scientists and psychologists to think of him as a whack job or someone who basically, what are you, you're kind of going off the deep end. Yeah. It wasn't until the 50s um, 
late 40s, early 50s, when he met, in fact, it was one of his former patients, um, a, a quantum physicist by the name of Wolfgang Pauli, who is kind of the one of the founders of this concept of quantum physics. And I'll, I'll get into quantum physics in a, in a second here. So it was when Jung met Pauli, they started talking about synchronicity. And it was then Pauli who supported Jung and say, no, there is physical, you know, physical credence that supports the concept of synchronicity of how things can might attract. And with quantum physics, I'll go a little nerdy here for a second, but um, <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> in 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 traditional linear Newtonian physics, meaning that what we you know we learned in high school is that the, the power of gravity and all the laws that are very, very, very predictable with, with, with physics, you know, if you're dropping something at the rate of speed that that'll hit the ground and what that, you know, what that speed will be and what that time will be, everything's predictable. And it would, with, with, again, traditional or, or linear physics. Quantum physics is a science that looks at subatomic particles that could be at a very, very small micro level or very, very large, 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 like universe size level, and also in, in, in living systems. So that particles, everything made up of particles and waves, when in this quantum physics observance, things don't react as predicted. Okay. And so there are, so the simple, form of we are made up of particles and waves or matter as well as everything in the world and that these particles and waves can communicate and so if you were to separate a subatomic particle and have them separated even light years away very close or light years away they would in fact begin to communicate somehow and start to synchronize and move in, in, in corresponding movements. So okay. scientists do not know to this day that, you know, Albert Einstein said, this is, you know, spooky action at a distance. And so scientists, so back to your question about how do they communicate? Is there something else there is that scientists still do not know how they're communicating and what is it that is between that's causing this level of communication the um we'll get into the the concept of, of spirituality which i think is a is a, a vital piece to this but that particles waves matter that somehow these 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 are communicating but not entirely sure how okay that's exactly what i was going to ask you what do you tom think is more religious or it's more scientific personally um it is the spiritual piece um and i think a lot of um scientists still kind of have a have a spiritual awakening or spiritual um connection here it is for me personally it is how prayers are answered again i spend um you know Every morning in, you know, doing meditation and devotional and, 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 and prayer, it is that feeling that you are part of a large universe and that there is 
a higher power, however you want to dis- however you mm-hmm. want to define that, be it God, be it your higher self, be it mother nature, be it the universe, however that is. But part of human existence is that that knowledge or that I say that that kind of visceral feeling that you are part of something so much more powerful <laughs> than you can ever comprehend. Yeah. And so for synchronicity, for me, maybe why I'm not always freaked out by it when really bizarre circumstances happen, um, because I do feel there is a divine, divine presence. Well, yeah. and that's what is crazy to me then that it is so big and so mind blowing and you sometimes you can't even wrap your mind around it. But yet in talking with you, you said that there's actually ways to, I don't want to say manipulate, but like make it happen, control it. Yes, yes, yes. And that's that's this is the this is the powerful beauty, I think, of of this. And I think coming out, you know, we're we're in a really kind of a tumultuous world right now. Um, be it with coming out of a pandemic and something that really just kind of blindsided us and put us into a a different state of mind and caused, you know, incredible levels of emotional distress. Mm -hmm. Um, And we understand that we are part of a larger whole and we as human beings need to be in community and we need to feel that we belong. And if we do feel isolated, of which the pandemic forced us to be, it created a lot of emotional distress. And so with the concept of being together and the concept of believing in something that has like synchronicity, like in a spiritual practice, that helps to offer answers and for us to feel that we have some control and that we have some ability. I would say control. I mean, you got to... (laughs) <laughs> you can't have 100% control, right? Mm-hmm. But we have an ability to to understand and maybe um, be able to communicate more clearly for answers that we need. And so my work around synchronicity, and we go back to that coincidence, and there, and I think that we need to be cautious of not reading into things so constantly that mm-hmm. sometimes it might just be a funny little coincidence that may not have any meaning to it. So w- w- we, if we read into too much and we can kind of create, you know, we can define <laughs> for ourselves, oh, this is a synchronicity. It's got to be, well, sometimes it might just be a coincidence. Right. Yeah. Same thing for me when I think of intuition or just maybe your mind telling you something, you know, where it's like, oh, just listen to your gut. But sometimes your mind can get in the way, too. And it's like, is that my gut? Is that my intuition? I don't know. I don't know who's speaking to me. I don't know what's happening. Like it, you can really get in your head too much about all of it, I think. Yes, you can overthink it. And we as humans, you know, and again, you hit something on really something really, really important is our the level of intuition that we possess. And that our bodies can pick up so many more um, inputs of information that than our brain or our eyes can kind of see and detect. But you get there's you know the whole vibrational approach, the whole frequency approach, so all the all the different areas of senses that our bodies can pick up. Mm-hmm. And so 
when we try to really focus on one sense of our head and kind of have a kind of, we call it a, a kind of a top-down approach. Okay, this is what I'm going to do today. I have everything planned. I'm going to follow my plan, bump, 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 and I'm going to get it done. As opposed to sometimes a, a bottom-up approach when you might go with a little bit more of your gut. And some things that may come to me today as I'm going through the day, and I'm just going to, I'm going to follow it. I'm going to like, I don't know why I just get this feeling like I should kind of follow this, this step as opposed to what my plan was for the day. I'm, I have a feeling something is going to be good for me to kind of, you know, make this decision and, and, and do something, you know, out of what I had initially planned. So, mm -hmm. so much of it is, is again, all the research we go into intuition, you're getting communication about something that you probably should follow through with um, from an intuitive standpoint. The other piece that we talked about with synchronicity is you, you receive messages and your mind is trying to comprehend what is this, what is it telling me, but your body, you're from an emotional standpoint, it just, let me kind of say that term, like it just feels right. Right. And mm -hmm. so often we don't trust that, but when it feels right and you get into this, um, this, this state of flow that things begin to just fall into place really easily without a lot of arduous work to make it happen. Yeah. So let's go there. You said that there's a way that you can really get yourself to become more aware of these things happening. So what do you have to meditate or how do you make yourself more aware of it? Yeah. So good. Um, I, again, it's quieting the mind and it, you can do this through meditative practices. I'm developing, working with one of my colleagues now on who is focused in the breath work side. So with a series of breathing techniques that will help to put your you know, kind of tap into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relaxation side. And that what we're, we're developing is a meditation that will help you to start to see connections that, um, of connections that you might not have seen before, which are kind of the synchronicity pieces of, of these connections that you hadn't thought of. So definitely one piece, I mean, the very easy, easy thing is just is to be to quiet the mind um, and how you might do that. It, you know, again, for individuals, it might be very, very different. There's no one size that fits all. Mm -hmm. So for someone to sit early in the morning in a meditative state, that that could work. It could be a walk in the woods, a walk in the park going for exercise. It could be with friends. There are different ways that we individually and personally can um, understand what works for us. In my research and all the interviews, focus groups and work that I did too, people say you just need to, to quiet the mind, get rid of the, the noise that's life when you can tap into this quiet space and another piece of being in present in the now, not think about 
what happened in the past or worry about what you need to do for the future, but try to be as present in the now as possible. And that's when personally I see the answers coming to me. Gosh, it's so funny to me. And just in all these conversations that I have with people that it is as simple as that, your breath and quieting your mind. But we've gotten so far removed from that. People don't pay attention to how they're breathing. People, I mean, myself included, I'm not saying I just, it's so interesting that it just boils down to something so simple and small. Just sit down, quiet your mind, pay attention to your breath, and you'll be more aware of all the magical things that are going on around you. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that elegant? It's so simple. It's it so is. elegant. And, I love and, it. And you don't have to join a retreat for a week and do yoga. I mean, no, it's right. It's all right in front of you. Every yeah. human being has access to this. What are the three A's that you like to talk about? So we as humans are designed to see patterns. And we naturally will see patterns, be it numbers, be it different series of events that will, will occur. So human lives depended on understanding patterns okay so if it's hunting or if it's planting crops what time of year what's the sun doing all these different things that we're naturally inclined to understand patterns and it gives us comfort but it's also something where our brain can organize so the the three a's and when my work um pattern piece with synchronicities, people would say synchronicity events come in a series. There might be three, might be five, might be two, but there, there is a series of events that are interrelated. I'll give an example of how that, how this plays out, but it's taking into account the, okay, the head and the, again, cognitively understanding what is this, what does this event mean? So that's the awareness. Okay, this is an interesting synchronistic event that I didn't call for. Secondly, it's going to the intuition and the heart of what kind of, what is this making me feel? This next time there's a synchronistic event, I feel this and I feel it's right and it has created again this kind of goosebumps or the numinous or a spiritual or a mythical or a weird feeling in me i feel this is bizarre mm -hmm. and the third synchronistic event that is related comes about and we, we this is the action the the third a or the hand which is telling you you know what I need to take action on this. I have, this is this thing, this, this series of synchronistic events has happened. This is the third time that this, this has arisen. I need to take action. So the way I can explain this is, a, is kind of a, a real life example. It's happened to me many times, but let's say we're talking today on this podcast and you tell me, you know, Tom, I just read this incredible book that I really, really spoke to me, you should read it. And so in my mind, I have, I've, I've logged that into my data banks of memory. Okay, Don told me about this book. Later in the day, after the podcast, I'm going into town, I'm driving my car, and on the radio is an interview with the author of this book. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, and perhaps this author, it's not like a new book that's just come out. So the right. author is making the, the, the publication rounds and promoting their book. This is a book that could have been written 20 years ago. It's just like, oh my gosh, how did this, wait, Don just told me about this in my head. I had that in my head, in my head. Now I'm driving and I'm listening to it on a, this author on the radio in an interview. So that is creating a bit of like, you know, a weird emotion. Okay. From the intuitive heart <laughs> side. And then lo and behold, the next day, a couple of days later, all of a sudden I'm walking down the street and I look down at a used bookstore and what do you see in the, <laughs> in the, in the window display <laughs> is that very book used book. Right. So it's kind of telling you, you know what, take action you got to buy that book. It's, it's something is telling you that it's important for you to read that book. So this could happen so often with, you know, people, you hear a person's name or you hear a, you hear a, again, a book or a song or something that is telling you that this is communicating um, a message that you really need to take action. Mm. Well, yeah. And knowing that you could actually make more of those things happen. I mean, cause it's such a cool feeling when it happens. It's like, Oh, can you believe that you want to tell everybody you like want to shout it from the rooftops because it's like this is the craziest thing but it's an awesome feeling too you want it to happen more and more exactly and you can make it happen i mean it's just being aware and that's the piece of you know my work is like how do you enhance more of this the more synchronicities you see the more you activate the more is going to come to you because every, just think about this, Don. I mean, everything in this world, everything is connected somehow. Everything yeah. is in, again, if you, if you look at some Eastern philosophies and Taoism of the one and harmony and everything in the world is connected somehow. So with that in mind, it's like, okay, now I can go out, go forth, understand how pieces are connected or not understand how, but understand that they are. Right. And that when things do come to you, um, that it, it shouldn't really be a surprise. There's, you know, music is a big thing. And I, like my dad's a, um, passed away and we had his song for his funeral. And so whenever, you know, I hear it, I'm always like, oh, he must be with me or he's, you know, but there's some times where it just randomly comes out of nowhere. And that makes me think, is that like a synchronicity thing? Is that my dad trying to tell me? I mean, it messes with your mind. It's in a good way, but it's just like those events are the coolest thing. I love it. Yeah. And it doesn't, it makes meaning, right? And it's a, you know, it just, yeah, to understand maybe someone from the other side is communicating to me or, you know, it, and, and people can poo poo that or say, oh, it's just a random coincidence. But I say, you know, so what, how does it make you feel? <laughs> you know, yeah. is it causing any harm? No. I mean, it's, it's, we as humans and, and, and making us feel that we are connected somehow, um, either with the living or the, or past, that it does, it exudes and it creates a positive emotion. And I say, mm -hmm. so what? If it does for you, and that's wonderful. That 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 that's what we 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 strive for is to have heightened, you know, heightened levels of emotion and love. And that's yeah. you know, and love is the highest emotion. I love that. We need more of it. 
Okay. So you are a man of many hats. Like I was reading all the different things that you have done and are doing. So go ahead and let's get going into about the reef, the coral reef stuff that you're doing right now. Yeah. So as we speak, I'm also, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm serving as the interim operations manager for reef renewal USA 2017 or so myself and, and three other folks were founding members of Reef Renewal USA. So what we do is that we grow coral, um, different, many different species of coral in coral nurseries all along the Florida Keys. And so growing the coral, we then outplant them and basically it's just, you know, like having a ha having an underwater garden mm -hmm. that we grow coral and plant them on the reefs due to, again, pollution, the, 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 the warming of the oceans, the, the causing the, the bleaching of coral and how vital our, our um, reefs are both from um, a carbon dioxide standpoint right, and the global warming right. piece to fish habitat and to um, the vital life of the oceans. So our work is, is um, essentially, you know, helping to propagate, propagate coral, higher, you know, stronger genetic strains of coral that might be more resistant to bleaching effect of, of in the oceans. So what can people do to help? Um, well, many different things. You know, and I think one of the things I think, unfortunately, a lot of there's a lot of pessimism in our world relative to the environmental status and what's happening. Mm -hmm. Here's an example of where volunteers um, and you can, you know, a diver or a non-diver can physically help either cutting coral, we call it fragmenting coral, um, planting coral underwater going into the, the nurseries and um, we have to clean the algae and other types of growth that gets on the coral because that inhibits their growth. So you basically are, are brushing with, um, you know, different brushes and, and, and scrapers to clean up, clean up the corals or clean up the, the, the um, trees that the corals grow on. Mm -hmm. So it's, phys it's an amazing opportunity for folks to you're physically doing something to support the environment and physically planting coral. So you come back in a few months or next year and see, oh my gosh, look at, look how I have grown this coral. You know, we planted the coral on the, on the reefs and look how they're, you know, how it, how it's growing and how it's expanding. Are they like plants? They're animals. They are animals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so they generate, they, they, they spawn um and they they grow so it's a and the byproduct is a is a carbonate a calcium carbonate that's underneath the kind of the, the the structure of them but they're 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 little they're animals do they grow at a pretty fast rate yeah, they can and that's where sometimes when they when the, the increase in the water temperatures will kind of signal them to spawn and they give off all of their you know their their polyps their eggs and um, and then they can die. So that's where the, the water temperature is really vital and increases okay. very, very minute increases in, in temperature of water can, can, you know, cause them to bleach, but they, they grow quite, 
extensively and depends on the time of the year. Our nurseries, we have, again, up and down from Key Largo down to Key West, off the coast of Key West. Each nursery, we have three major nurseries. Each nursery has 150 to 160 different trees of coral. Wow. And so it looks wow. like a it looks okay. like a Christmas tree. We can hang <laughs> we hang coral like a Christmas tree with with um, with um, the ornaments. Um, yeah, like, exactly <laughs> like mono, monofilament. And I I can post you know I can send you links to the pictures of them. Sure. Or we have different types of um, of, of called vertical nurseries um, with rope. So what's exciting that we're doing is um, we're really a lot of the innovation in our lead scientist Ken Niedemeyer was the guy who basically started growing coral first to really grow coral in a nursery um, and then that has has grown into many many organizations throughout the world are following the same technique so we like to think that we're we're really the the innovators for a lot of new coral growing techniques and then other um, organizations adopt our practices no, oh, that's awesome. I, you know, we, my husband and I went to Hawaii a couple years ago and one of my um, friends said, oh, make sure you take coral or reef friendly sunscreen. And I was yes. like, what? I had never, I never even heard of that. And I knew that they sold it in Hawaii once we got there, but we went ahead and bought some ahead of time. But yeah, that was something I'd never heard of before. I mean, I'm from the middle Midwest. <laughs> I don't go to the ocean very often or whatever, but yeah, that was the first time I'd ever heard of anything like that. Yeah. And one of our um, board members and our sponsors is stream to sea, which is a, a reef friendly um, sunscreen. So all the chemicals that can get bleach, you know, the bleed off your skin mm -hmm. that can, you know, again, ne negative um, chemicals that can, can harm the, harm the, the reef and the coral on the reef. Um, so that's, yeah, and it's wonderful. So one of the other pieces that we're working on and we work a lot on is education. So drawing divers and volunteers from across the United States to come to the Keys um, and work. And we're also part of an, a worldwide network. So throughout uh, Bonaire, Curacao, um, Caymans, um, Great Barrier Reef in, in Australia, we're all part of a part of the reef renewal network. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So really, really cool stuff. So that's my other, my other life, um, synchronicity <laughs> and synchronicity and coral is the, yeah. is my life. For, for now, for now. Um, yeah. I couldn't imagine sitting down trying to put pen to paper and talking all about synchronicity. Cause just to talk about it really is mind blowing. I can't imagine like trying to get all your thoughts onto the paper so that you could really say exactly how you wanted to say it but and also make it friendly enough for people to understand you know like oh okay that makes sense because it is very abstract but it's absolutely it's so phenomenal I just love listening about it yeah and I think we all and the wonderful thing is it's not it's attainable like we've all experienced it we every human being experiences this so what I love is just how do you how do we communicate to folks that you can use this power of synchronicity and synchronicity activation and as you're aware of it more of it's going to come and you can really chart and create your life by understanding total life but i mean you can understand new directions in your life that you hadn't thought about but where this 
synchronicity experiences will occur that can help to lead you into in a in the you know and maybe a new direction but really yeah. listening listening to your intuition listening to those voices feeling positive emotion what makes you feel this is making me feel wonderful this is making me feel really positive i feel empowered this is where i want to go and we talk a lot about the green lights and even before matthew mcconaughey started talking about green lights i've been using <laughs> this but the the simple you know when you feel you're on the right path because everything just kind of falls into place beautifully and the right people and the right resources and the right financial support comes to you at the time when you when you need it um and through you know again through synchronistic events and um i personally back to it's it's how i see prayers being answered mm -hmm. that there is a there is a divine being um that is kind of orchestrating this well tell everybody how they can find you if they'd like to know more yeah, so um, my website is Trisync, T-R-I-S-Y-N-C, impact.com. Um, also, Instagram, Trisync Impact. If you go to my website, I've developed a white paper that's um, available for download. So it's a two-pager that kind of explains everything that, that we talked about today in kind of a two-page format of, of defining synchronicity and the, and the quantum physics piece of it as well. And then I have, I've developed some questions for folks to kind of ask themselves um, about synchronicity and kind of applying it to your life. So it's kind of what some questions about the past, questions about the, the present and the future and what ways that you might be able to um, create more synchronicity awareness. Um, going forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll put all of that in the show notes, but thank you so much for your time. I just appreciate it so much. I am so grateful that I got a chance to talk to you. This subject has been so interesting to me and you really make it very attainable to understand. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Don. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Take yeah. care. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.